It has been three full years, a little more actually, since January 6th, 2021, the unarmed insurrection that was supposedly worse than 9-11. And the FBI is still on the case. In fact, tracking down people who exercised their constitutional rights and went to the Capitol that day seems to be the FBI's main task. Still, the FBI is still coming through video footage to track down Trump supporters who were there and throw them in jail. Message, never gather to exercise your constitutional right of assembly. Do not complain about the regime. And to make that point, the Biden administration has arrested over 1,200 people, and that number will grow by hundreds, apparently. The FBI wants you to know that if you were there, you can't hide because facial recognition software and all the advanced technology of the Biden surveillance state is being applied to catch anyone who offended them. But what's interesting, fascinating, actually, and very troubling is that the FBI can't find any information about the person or people who planted two pipe bombs outside the RNC and the DNC the night before. That's amazing. So here's the FBI's version of what happened with the bombs. The FBI releasing new video of the person suspected of planting those pipe bombs the night before the Capitol riot. And the FBI officially confirming those pipe bombs placed at the Democratic and Republican National Committee headquarters could kill. These pipe bombs were viable devices that could have been detonated, resulting in serious injury or death. The video offering specific detail on the suspect's movements. By 7.52, the suspect has made it to the DNC headquarters. The suspect sits on a bench and appears to fumble with that backpack. A bomb is later discovered in the bush adjacent to the bench. At 8.14, the same suspect walking down an alley next to the RNC headquarters. A bomb placed there as well before exiting the area, walking past the Capitol Hill Club. So you probably haven't heard a lot about that story since then. Nobody has. But a few months ago, there was a very significant development. Capitol Police quietly released new surveillance video from the moment, showing the moment that one of the bombs was discovered. And that video, if you watch it carefully and apply common sense to it, raises some very disturbing questions about what this was all about. No one in the media has picked up on this, of course. They're studiously not interested, which is very odd because all they talk about is January 6th, but not the pipe bombs. Let's not talk about those. Virtually the only person in media who's been interested in this and pulling the thread on this from day one has been Darren Beatty, who runs Revolver News. And he has updates on what he's found today. Darren, thanks so much for coming on. You've been on this story really since the day that it happened. For people who haven't followed this, and of course no one else in media is talking about it, so many people might not know the details, can you just give us a quick overview of the facts of these attempted bombings? Absolutely, and thanks for having me again and for drawing attention to this, I think, critically important story at a critically important time. If, if you would, I'd like to explain this latest video that you described that has been released quietly and, I will say, extremely reluctantly by the Capitol Police thanks to the efforts of Congressman Massey. I'd like to describe what's in that video because just as a self-contained analysis, it's explosive in its own right, and then proceed to contextualize that yes. in relation to our previous discoveries about the pipe bomb. So 
let's start with this video, and I hope people can can see it um, on this uh, interview and see it at revolver.news where it is. We've just published it. Um, and it's really remarkable. What it depicts is the discovery of the DNC bomb at approximately 1.05 p.m. on January 6th. And if you follow the timestamps closely, you can see this guy in a backpack come into frame at around 1.05. What he does is he first approaches a car, which is a Metro PD car, talks to the driver's side in the window for a while, then moves to the other side of the window, and then eventually moves and chats with somebody in a black SUV, which is a Secret Service car chatting with Secret Service. In fact, we've learned through multiple sources that the Metro PD was part of that Secret Service detail. Why was the Secret Service there? We'll get to that in due course. But the guy finishes talking to the SUV and then leaves the frame. What the individual in the backpack is doing is alerting the Metro PD and the Secret Service of the fact that there is a pipe bomb just feet away that was planted by the park bench outside of the DNC. Now, for those watching this video, and everyone has to watch this video to follow along, the first thing that will strike you as remarkable is just how utterly unconcerned both the Metro PD and the Secret Service are about being informed that there was a pipe bomb literally within feet of them and within feet of their protectee, who was VP-elect Kamala Harris. You'll notice if you watch from approximately 107 to 109 in the timestamp, utterly lackadaisical, utterly unconcerned, takes them minutes to even get out of their vehicles, at which point they're just kind of lingering around, uninterested, unconcerned. And then this alone is enough to be a national scandal and blow up in this investigation um, with, with severity. And that is the Secret Service, the Metro PD, you'll see this, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. They allow a group of children cross the street in the direction of the pipe bomb and allow the children to walk within feet of the park benches where the pipe bomb was planted. The Secret Service agent as well is walking right with the children within feet of this bomb. Then, about a minute later, a Capitol Police officer walks even closer to the bomb, takes a picture of it, gives a thumbs up sign, leaves, after which point the Metro PD car, the Secret Service car leave, and then the video is over. Now, I know from very reputable sources who have seen the extended video that minutes after that, they have a bomb-safe robot come to dismantle and defuse this bomb. Now, people listening to this are probably asking themselves, first of all, why the unconcern from the Secret Service and the Metro PD? Unconcerned for themselves? Unconcerned for their protectee, Kamala Harris? Unconcerned for the children that they cavalierly allowed to walk within feet of this explosive device, and that concern juxtaposed and contrasted with the fact that they needed a bomb-safe robot 
to diffuse this pipe bomb, this alleged pipe bomb. So those are the facts that are illustrated incontrovertibly um, in this video and that I think as a self-contained analysis are sufficient to be a national scandal. But as I said, it gets far worse when we contextualize this information in light of the history of our reporting on the pipe bombs, which I'm happy to get into, but I'd like to pause in, in case you have any reaction to this. I, well, I'm, I'm stunned by it. It doesn't make any sense at all, um, just on, obviously. Um, my first question is, who is the man who alerted Metro PD, Washington, D.C., local cops, and Secret Service to the presence of the bomb? Indeed. And that is the definitive question. That is the question that I think will be the breakthrough that ultimately unravels what is perhaps one of the darkest and most scandalous government cover-ups in recent history. Who is this individual in, in the backpack? And what did he say to these cap to the, as you know, first of all, there's a matter of protocol. Even if they know the bomb is fake, there's still a protocol they have to follow, which is totally contravened by the way that they acted in the aftermath. But more, more importantly, how did they know that it was a fake bomb such that they could exhibit such a impossible lack of concern? And then why, if they knew that it was fake, would they go through the charade and spectacle of having a bomb safe robot dismantle it? Now, these questions, I think, intensify and get even darker and more damning when we consider the full context. Let's start with the DNC bomb. What's the history of this bomb? Well, according to the FBI and the surveillance footage that the FBI has presented to the public, which is, incidentally, surveillance footage from the DNC, and we can get to that in a little bit, but the surveillance footage and the FBI story indicate that the bombs weren't January 6th bombs in the sense that they weren't planted on January 6th. They were allegedly planted, according to the footage, the evening before, approximately 8 p.m. on January 5th. Now, so at the time that the backpack individual went up and alerted the authorities to the bomb, that bomb had been sitting out there fairly conspicuously at the foot of the bench for over 17 hours. Now, that was one of the first anomalies that we reported that it's kind of strange that this bomb would be sitting out there for 17 hours undiscovered for that period of time, undiscovered by motorists. If you'll notice by looking at the video, there's, it's such a high foot traffic area that there's a scooter parked there. January 6th was a particularly high foot traffic time during the day. There is a regularly stationed DNC security guard right at those parking garages that managed to miss the bomb. And then, of course, the most spectacular and bizarre thing is that the Secret Service of the United States, which conducted a sweep before Kamala Harris went in there, they managed to miss that bomb too. So it was sitting out there for 17 hours undiscovered. That in itself is kind of hard to imagine. And while we're at it, Let's address the Kamala issue. She had Secret Service protection because she was the VP elect. She came within a hair's width of this explosive device, which is, according to the narrative, the most insurrectiony type aspect of January 6th. The government officially considers pipe bombs to be weapons of mass destruction. 
So that leads us to the additionally bizarre question that compounds the suspicion and mystery. Why would Kamala Harris actively cover up the fact that she was in the DNC building at the time? You would consider that someone like that, her political interests would be in milking that for all it's worth. Yes. Here is the first you know, woman of color VP elect who came within a hair's width of being killed by this live explosive device, and she doesn't mention it at all? Joe Biden considers January 6th to be important enough that he gave a big speech on the third anniversary. January 6th and the false understanding of the insurrection and Trump's involvement is the basis of the sham legal theory that the regime is trying to use to take Trump off the ballot and to remove him from the democratic process through extracurricular means. Kamala Harris is milking January 6th, but for whatever reason, even on the third anniversary, she's not interested in saying, well, by the way, I almost lost my own life. I, almost, I came within feet of the pipe bomb, which nearly killed me. Why did she cover that up? We must ask that question. That does not make any sense. A quick addendum. Minutes after we recorded this interview, we got an update on the story. According to a report from The Blaze, the man we are talking about with the backpack, the guy who walked up to police outside the DNC on January 6th, 2021, and said, by the way, there's a bomb under that park bench. That man was not a passerby. He wasn't some random person. He was, in fact, a plainclothes officer with Capitol Police. Oh, so he wasn't just anybody. He was someone who worked for them. But they didn't tell us that for three years, even though they knew it. And even now, the FBI is not admitting this. The Blaze says they learned that this man was a police officer from congressional staffers. And as of this moment, we do not have that person's name, and authorities haven't weighed in one way or the other. But it's yet more evidence that they are lying about these pipe bombs. Why are they lying? Well, because they were involved in it, obviously. Free speech is bigger than any one person or any one organization. Societies are defined by what they will not permit. What we're watching is the total inversion of virtue. 